Thank you for downloading the following message from the Pickerington Church of Christ. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you as you walk with the Lord. For more information or to find additional resources, locate us on the web at pickeringtonchurch.org. Enjoy the message. About a month ago, Matt began preaching a sermon series entitled The Body of Christ. And chapter 12, verse 14 here in our passage that Bill read for us, is the summary of the essence of what we want you to understand. That if we were to take all of the sermons that we're trying to put together in this series of sermons and to boil it down into one sentence for you to understand, verse 14 would be that sentence, and that is this. The body of Jesus Christ, the local body, is not one member but it is many members which make up one body. That's the essence. That is the principle that you and I must believe and live by. That is the principle that we as a body here in Pickerington must not just intellectually agree with, but get at a core soul level that every single one of us is important. The body is most healthy and most strong when every single person that belongs to this local body is engaged with the local church. Each of us have gifts, talents, abilities that are different, and when they are collected together, that makes us the body of Jesus Christ. And we are less than what we are called to be if just one part of us is disengaged. So look around. Every single person is essential to the body being healthy and strong. This week and next week, we're going to look at two ailments that harm the body from being healthy. This week, we're going to talk about the feeling of uselessness. Next week, we're going to talk about the feeling of self-sufficiency. Both of them are found in this passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 14-26, saying either, on one hand, you don't need me, or on the other hand, I don't need you. If either of those feelings exist in the body of Christ, it becomes an ailment to the local body being healthy and exercising the way that we are supposed to. This week we're going to start with the phrase, you don't need me, the idea of feeling useless. So let's start with the root of that problem. You may have felt that way before. Perhaps someone in here right looked around and said, I'm not sure the church really needs me here. What do they need me for? They've got plenty of people doing plenty of things, and I can drop in and I can leave, but I'm not sure the church actually needs me. Let's start in verses 15 and 16 and see the root of this problem. He says in verse 15, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It is not is not, pardon me, it is not for that reason any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less part of the body. Let's start with this. The root of the problem of feeling useless in the local body is this. It is a belief, an opinion, a thought. Do you notice what's going on there? Um, 
the foot is saying to himself, and the ear is saying to himself, he's thinking, he's believing something. It's not an action, it's a thought, it's a belief. And the root of this problem is an untruth that is being believed. And it starts with a comparison. You notice the foot guy, the guy with gifts in the body. You know, he, he's, got the, he's got the gift that helps us move forward. He's the, the foot gift. He's looking at the hand and saying, because I am not like the hand, I guess the body doesn't need me. Or the guy with the ear, the ear guy is looking at the eye person and saying, well, because I'm an ear and I'm not an eye, I'm comparing myself and I'm not an eye, because of that, the body really doesn't need me. Now just imagine how crazy this is, but you would never think your foot, because it's just a foot and it's not a hand, your body doesn't need your foot, right? You really want your foot. Let me tell you, you want all your appendages. They really, they're essential to your body functioning well. You would never want your ear to say, I'm just going to stop working. I'm not an eye. I don't help the body see, so I'm just going to give up being involved with the body process because I'm useless to this body. The root of this problem is that we start with comparison. When we look at ourselves and say, because I don't have those gifts, or I'm not that kind of person, or I don't have the ability to do that thing, when I look at myself and I think, uh, I'm useless to this body. That thought is a problem. It's a comparison. It starts with a comparison and it ends with a conclusion. When we begin to think in comparison that the body does not need me. I don't have anything to offer. I'm not as important as another part of the body. Or that the body will get along just fine without me. Now, there are bodies that figure out ways to adapt without certain parts of it. You know, if you are missing a leg or having a leg injury, you can walk, but you might have a limp. Or like I'm dealing with my arm, I'm figuring out ways to get along, but it's not as easy as it should be, and I'm less productive as I would like to be. So this body here at Pickerington can move forward. It can advance. It can do certain things. But if we don't have every single part engaged, we'll limp forward. Now, I want you to notice one thing, as I've already sort of mentioned already. Who is involved in this dialogue for the foot and the ear? When the foot says, I'm not an eye, or, or I'm not a hand, and the ear says, I'm not an eye. Who's involved in this conversation? Is it multiple parts of the body getting together and saying, hey, we got the knee, we got the elbow, we got the pinky. We look at the foot and think, nah, we don't need a foot. Is that who's involved in this conversation? Not at all. The foot is talking to who? Himself. The ear is talking to who? Himself. You see, this is self-talk. And that's what Paul's getting after. Um, there are times that other people can contribute to other people feeling useless in the body. There are times when whether church leaders or church members or just people you know can say a critical word or say something that is hurtful to you. But the belief that you are useless to this body is born out of false self-talk. Do you hear me? You've got to control the dialogue that's happening between your ears. And it's not about another church member. It's not about another um, person in, in this body here. 
You and I must control what we're thinking between our ears. This self-talk is harmful. When you and I believe this lie that we are useless to the local body, this, you and I become stagnant and the body becomes stifled in its growth. So we've got to fight this. And Paul fights this false belief, this problem, with three really important facts. These are quick, easy facts, but I think they're going to help. The reality we need is, number one, look down at verse 16. Let me read verse 16 with you. He says, um, If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less part of the body. Here's the reality. If you feel useless, if you wonder... Uh, does the body really need me? Or this body will get along just fine without me. If that's something you are believing right now, here's three things you need. Number one, facts are greater than your feelings. I know in 2018 in America, we don't really like that because we're obsessed with how we feel, you know? Something happens politically in the world, we're like, how do you feel about it? Or, you know, something, a tragedy happens like uh, the storm in North Carolina, and we're like, how do you feel about it? We're obsessed with how we feel. But here's the reality. Feelings do not trump facts. So here's what Paul says. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, even if the foot feels that way, it doesn't override the reality that, yes, foot, you're part of the body. So if you're here today and you feel like the body doesn't need me, I'm not sure they need me, uh, I'm useless, I can't really contribute, they've got enough people doing enough things, and I don't really have anything to add, you might feel that way, but the first point is this. The fact is the body needs you, whether you feel that way or not. Let me give you the second thing. The body is less without your contribution. Look down at verse 17. He says in verse 17, If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, part, yeah, if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? You see, point number two is this, that if you and I are feeling useless or not needed, the body is less than what it could and should be without every single person contributing. Sure, we might move forward. Sure, we might be able to do a few things here. But when every part is joining together to do its share, the body becomes exactly what it's supposed to be. See, the very thing that we're wanting to be, that we need to be, requires us to be different. So when the foot or the ear looks at other parts of the body and says, because I'm not like that part, the body doesn't need me, that is actually counterintuitive. No foot, if you become a hand, we don't walk. Do you see that? So we actually need people to be different, not to be the same. And that's why he's saying the body is less without your contribution. It may appear that the body is getting along, but we're just limping without every part. The belief that stops us is the very thing the body depends on, that we all need to be different. Now, you may be drawn, maybe you're here today and you're drawn to serve in a certain way, or maybe there's an activity that you want to be involved in, or maybe there's a certain demographic that you want to serve, and you may see somebody already serving that area. You may be drawn to serve in that way, but you may worry because you might do it differently than somebody else. Or you might not have the same skill set as somebody else. Here's what you need to understand. That's okay. Still get involved. 
You might look at somebody and say, well, I'd like to teach our little kids back in the back room, but I don't make as cool a crafts as Lori Hall makes. And she makes really great crafts, and the kids love to do all the things she does, and mine aren't as fun as Lori, so I, I just shouldn't teach. Well, first things first, Greg comes up with all the crafts, okay? So don't believe that. <laughs> he invents them all. Secondly, the kids don't just love Lori for crafts. They love Lori. And the kids need you, not just your crafts. Does that make sense? So maybe you're not creative and you don't have a Pinterest account and you can't come up with crafts. The children need your attention and your love. And maybe God wants to work through you for a particular child in that classroom. So be willing to share yourself with that classroom. Does that make sense? Or maybe you're looking at our youth group and you're saying, I'm not as extroverted as Alan and Rachel and I can't plan events like that. Well, that's okay. Come be involved with our young people. Give yourself to them. Serve them. Love them. Maybe God wants you to connect with a disconnected kid because some of them aren't connecting with some other people, and he can love that child through you. Do you see that? Just because you're different or might do it differently doesn't mean you shouldn't be involved with the body. What we need to do is ask, where God, does he, where God do you want to show love, and how can I serve in that way? Let me give you fact number three. First of all, facts are greater than your feelings. You are part of the body. Two, the body is less without your contribution. Three, most importantly, look at this. You are who you are, and you are where you are on purpose. You are the very person you are. Looks, wiring, all that. You are who you are and where you are on purpose. Look what Paul says there in verse 18. But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. So as much as you and I like to think we have agency, which means control over our lives, and I know where I'm going to go, and I'm going to do this and that, and I'm going to go here and accomplish this, we like to feel like we have agency. The reality is you are who you are and where you are on purpose. God is trying to do something through you and with you. It takes humility and it takes courage to actually believe this, to trust this. That God has brought you to this place, yes, in Pickerington, Ohio. You may have come here under difficult circumstances. You may have come here because you lost a job in a certain town and had to move here. And now you're here. You may have come here because a certain event in another church happened and now you're here. Well, God arranges members of the body to be where they are to accomplish His purpose. And you're here now. And there may be a time when God calls you in another season to go somewhere else from here. We've had a lot of people leave Pickerington to go to other places, and they're serving in those local churches. And that may happen. But God is arranging the members of the body as He pleases. Now, here's the deal. If you are a Christian, make no mistake about this. The person you are... And the place you reside is not just a matter of your employment or your enjoyment. It is a matter of God calling you to serve in that place. So here's the deal. If you're feeling useless, wondering, does it matter if I'm here? I just check in and check out. They don't need me. you got to start dealing with God himself. God, where do you want me to serve? God, how do you want me to serve? God, who can I love in this place, in this local body? How can I be a part of something bigger than myself to contribute to your mission, not just my mission of life? 
And how can I become part of the local body so that this body gets stronger and grows the way that it's supposed to to bring glory and honor to God? Now, Matt is going to come up in just a second, and he's going to share with us a particular ministry area, and then I'll finish the sermon um, here in just a moment. Go ahead, Matt. So this is protocol for a few weeks. Uh, when Anthony had his accident and I preached for a few weeks, um, I went ahead and highlighted uh, some of our work that we were doing and invited you and your participation to it kind of in the sermon. But we had actually planned to do it this way where Anthony would preach and leave a little bit of time for me to, to say a few words about some of the things we're doing. You know, we want 100% involvement. That's what we're talking about here. Um, and that is because God wants that. So that's what we want. And, um, you know, we haven't seen our best days yet. The church hasn't, hasn't arrived at its best yet. Uh, the best is yet to come. Uh, more and more people every week actually are stepping out and doing things they haven't done before. Uh, I get to see this firsthand in the work that I'm doing amongst you. It's a, it's a wonderful reward for me. You don't get to see it as much sometimes as I get to see it. Um, and I want to, to tell you that uh, more and more people are doing more good works and doing them intentionally uh, for the purpose of producing fruit for the kingdom. And so it's, it's a great thing we have going. Um, a lot of our uh, new members come in and they see it very readily. And uh, we want to keep this going and we want to keep it going so that we can make disciples of the lost and uh, mature ourselves. Uh, I've made mention to you that there's some tools available that the GPS for ministry uh, is out in the foyer and that is to help you learn how you can find your place in the body uh, that is based upon some of the teachings in this very chapter we're studying today and some of the other scriptures in the Word that talk about how you fit into the body. And uh, today I want to highlight one ministry that serves nearly all the other ministries, and that's the facilities ministry. It's a stewardship ministry. The church decided years ago uh, that they needed to make arrangements uh, to provide facilities for the church to meet as it grew larger in number. And we wound up here. We weren't always meeting in this room. We we're meeting in what is now the fellowship hall for many years. And it's grown to, uh, to expand it to the point where we, we built this on. And um, what this ministry does uh, with facilities is it is a group of people, men and women, uh, led by some of our deacons who are providing the service of keeping our facilities clean, beautiful, functional, and uh, safe. And those are some of the tenets of the work that we've identified that we want to do. Um, Todd Thomas, because he's related to my mother, Evelyn Thomas, uh, has a particular eye on the aesthetics and, and asked to, to do more about that, but he needs help. He's called upon the church for help. He's doing that through me right now. Um, there are flower beds and there are things outside that need painted and done, and he works uh, in this area, Bob Taylor's been doing this for several years, and Bob needed help, and so the two of them are, are, are doing some of these works to make good first impressions for those who come into our, uh, on our property and our facilities, and it says to them, I care. We care about what we're doing here. What we're doing here is very important. So Bob, for example, is, is in charge of taking care of the lawn, uh, taking care of the, the property outside, the fences and all the trees and things like this along the edges. And, and we need more help in that area. 
In fact, the last couple weeks, uh, some have had to substitute in for others to mow the lawn, and, um, and they're coming in during the week to do that. We need more lawnmowers. We need more people to paint. Some of the walls are in need of painting now. It's been several years since our beloved Mike Davis did a lot of painting in here. There's a lot of things that aren't going to wipe off the walls. We need painting done. These are the types of things that need done. Rodney uh, oversees just about the whole building and grounds and works with anybody, it seems, that, that wants to do anything in the building. And he does such a good job. He's got skills in electrical and in plumbing. And he and some others in here work to make sure we've got water and toilets working and all these things. There's so many things. We've got things that need repaired inside the building uh, right this minute that we could identify. But there are so many other things that keep them busy. They need more help. So facilities is a very, very important role. Sometimes we have projects that come up. Clay Wilson, for example, spearheads these projects, like when we knocked out that wall and put that bay back in there, that was him. Uh, we're very thankful for these men and uh, for the women that help them. Um, and we, we have things that, that we want to do. So we want to invite you today uh, to come to the back and volunteer to serve in that way. Uh, and just, just serve if you have the time or availability or you have a skill you want to use to do that. We always want you, though, to be looking for the, the way that you're gifted to serve, that has the most spiritual impact. And so some of these things are tasks that serve us all. Others may be your area of, of giftedness and service. So just search for those things, but do uh, continue along this vein of, of getting involved in our work here. And uh, patiently, if you would like to wait until we walk through all of our core ministries that we offer, and at the end, I'm going to highlight a number of other ministries that we do, that members are doing. You can patiently wait to see what all is out there. Uh, you can read about those in the foyer. But um, each week we've been having people come back and, and say, I want to get involved. We want to keep encouraging that. So thank you. Anthony, go ahead. Let me finish with this thought. Church is not a product that you and I were designed to consume. Church is a purpose that you are called to contribute to, okay? You and I were called to contribute to a purpose because of a person, Jesus Christ, who consecrated himself for us. He gave himself for us. The very last line in our passage, in chapter 12, if you read it with me, it says in verse 19, and if they were all the same part, where would the body be? It's a very good question. If every part were the same, where would the body be? We want this whole body to be healthy. But in verse 20, he says this, As it is, there are many parts, but there is only one body. So there are many individual parts. Every little part doing its share, contributing to the body so that it could be whole and strong and healthy. But that many members, that's us, but there's only one body. And that body is him because he gave his life, his body for us, Jesus Christ. And so the question really is, in response to this person who gave himself for us, will we be willing to, in turn, return and give our lives back to him? He's calling for us to do that. And we want you to do that. If you need to become a Christian or be restored as a Christian, we're available. Let's stand and sing this song together. Have I known